G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. My guest today is going to teach us primarily during a pandemic, how do you pivot? If you've lost your job, if you've lost your business, if you've had to do something suddenly, something has happened to you and it's caught you off guard like it has for many people, my guest today is going to share with you what she's done to pivot in the wake of pandemic. My guest is Brittany Hiller, who is the founder and CEO of Effervescence Yoga Spa. She's a speaker, she's an author. In 2017, she turned her passion of teaching and sharing yoga into a brick and mortar business. Recently, her yoga spa was forced to shut down or shut its doors due to COVID. Instead of completely closing, she chose to pivot and continue to help her members. This is an interview, guys, of how you can take a brick and mortar business in the wake of a pandemic from close to thriving in two weeks. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Rita. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, I just want to get straight to it. But before I do, to, I always ask this first question to, to all my guests. Could you please share with us a failure? Because that allows us to get onto that level of vulnerability and to be able to just connect with you on a more deeper level. So please share a failure with us. Certainly. So I was actually fired from a yoga studio. Oh, Imagine that. oh, oh my God. Tell yes. Me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was an interesting situation. Um, right as I finished my yoga teacher training, I was manager of a studio and um, ended up fired from it because um, a lot of people didn't want to sign in an NDA clause and um, they felt that a lot of the teachers anyway or and they felt that it wasn't necessary for the location that we're in and so by being the manager I failed on that part and so I <laughs> was let go um, and what happened was is as I was let go I was attempting to teach yoga outside and so I thought that people would follow me and that was a big failure on my sense. I didn't take into account that people were members and that they would continue to go to a studio <laughs> that they were comfortable with. Oh my God. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's a yeah, good one. Yeah. But mm -hmm. and then you picked yourself up. And so now take me to the yoga. What is a yoga spa? I mean, so, so for me, I am a, I'm both a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. And so I have combined both of my modalities into one location. And so instead of going from place to place, I now teach yoga in one spot and I offer massage therapy practices as well. Oh, that's beautiful. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the go. I mean, that's the ultimate really, because when you do yoga, you're like, I, I, what kind of form of yoga do you teach? Uh, we have all styles from chair yoga to hatha yoga um, to inspired baptiste yoga and kids yoga, laughter yoga, all styles of yoga. La mm -hmm. I've never thought I laughter yoga. Wow, I've just I've never heard. Okay, that's so you just sit there and laugh like, and you do you tell jokes? <laughs> yeah, you laugh and you do little exercises and you communicate with each other through eye contact and laughter. It's really oh, fun. Wow, okay, because I know I've heard of laughter therapy where you just watch things that make you laugh and that heals the body so this isn't it's, it's the same it's the same yeah, thinking absolutely and it's intentional and it's got that connection aspect too because you're usually doing this with other people okay. mm -hmm. oh very nice very nice so tell me this so how did the yoga spa so you get fired from being a yoga instructor at the yoga studio that you were working at you thought people were going to follow you teaching yoga outside they didn't and then tell me how it all began from there what's happened 
Certainly. So I ended up, um, I was working at a spa, mostly massage. And I had a friend who came to me and she was like, Brittany, there's nothing here that we used to have in terms of the yoga studio. And I said, are you telling me I need to open a studio? And she said, yes. And so I was like, okay. Um, and then I discussed it with my husband and he thought that was a brilliant idea. He was like, we need to put your talents into something. And I think that a studio would be a great idea. And so we began the journey of creating a yoga studio. And um, we found a perfect spot in our quaint town and there was no yoga in that location. So that began a fun trend. And in where I live, a word of mouth is huge. Mm. So it began again, that ripple effect of word of mouth. I'm also huge at collaborating with people. So I brought in other teachers and I just said to them, do what you love to do. I'm not gonna control you know, what you do. I would love to know what day you teach, what time you wanna teach, and then it's yours to have fun with. And with that, we did a lot of um, other modalities that we brought in. So I brought in acupuncturists, I brought in um, breath work, um, healers, things like that. And so it offered the community a lot of different modalities to try, but also it offered the space of literally community, which is what I wanted. Yeah, that's beautiful. Did you have to mortgage your house to start the studio? Did you have to go get a loan? I mean, how, what was, what, are we, what the kind of outlay are we looking at when we're trying to set up a brick and mortar like a yoga studio? Yeah, so it was about a $5,000 loan that it took to, um, to create the space because it was, we were left with the opportunity to have a space that didn't require a lot of overhead. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really just the, the initial costs of creating the studio supplies, having yoga mats, blocks, blankets, straps. And then um, the space that we chose was actually an old, small style, very, very petite warehouse. And so they, the people who own the building, decided that they would do the painting and the floor for me. So that could be a large upfit, but for us, it was, it was included. So that was a blessing as well. Okay. Oh, wow. I mean, 5,000, no, that's very doable. That's extremely yeah. doable. That's not at all like, oh, 500,000. That's right. Yeah, exactly. that's like a car, buying a car and you're starting up a business. That's great. Yeah. So how do you market? How did you market the brick and mortar for people? I mean, it was the only yoga studio, so that's your advantage in the area. Mm -hmm. How did you spread the word? Yeah, so what we did is I'm huge at social media. I've been using all styles of platforms in terms of computers since I was 13 years old. So <laughs> I had the opportunity to share a lot on, on social media, which I still do to this day. And um, the Google My Business is really a great platform. It's very, it's free. And so it helps a lot for people to find people on the map. And that is something that I found a lot of people were finding me on eventually. If it wasn't word of mouth, it was Google My Business. And I do, a, um, it's an app that we can download and it's super easy to use. And um, I always ask people when they come into the studio, how did you hear about us? Mm. And that's what most people would say. I found you on Google. I'm like, okay. And I hadn't paid for any SEO or anything like that. No separate ad space. It was just Google My Business. Amazing. So Google My Business, is that, is so it's, the way that works is that you just put your website up and then Google then obviously captures your information and puts it on the set automatically. Is that what goes on? Um, you actually have to have a physical location okay. so that they can pinpoint you on their map. Okay. And then, yeah, once you put your physical location in there, then you can um, connect it to your business, and that's how it works. Okay. Mm -hmm. How long have you been practicing yoga for? Ooh, I started when I was 15 years old in high school. 
Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. So you started when you were 15 and then you took that on to become a professional yoga instructor as mm -hmm. you, that, see, that's, that's, did you ever think to, and, and I'm going to ask you this question because a lot of my friends who are something like a yoga instructor, uh, did anyone ever say to you, like, come on, you can't do that as a professional. Like, you can't have that as a full-time job. I mean, really, like, how are you going to pay your bills being a yoga instructor? Did anyone ever say to you like that? Oh, yes. I had other yoga teachers who said the exact same thing. <laughs> you can't make money as a yoga teacher. So how did you get over that? Like, so what, how did you, you know? Um, I am, how do I say, unrealistically optimistic. And so <laughs> I allowed that to lead me. And um, just knowing and seeing other yoga teachers doing it, I knew that I could in a way, you know, I was like, I'm going to be floored by that, not by the negative banter that other people live by. And that's their truth. But for me, it wasn't my truth. And that's, that's beautiful. So what is it that you've done that allows you, like this before you had the studio, because obviously that's like now a brick and mortar, but have allowed you to become self-sufficient as a yoga instructor. Did you have another side hustle on the side? And, the, and are you, you saw other people do versus those who just, you know, can't make ends meet being a yoga instructor. I mean, what's the difference between someone who can and someone who can't? Yes. So I did have side hustles on the side, okay, yeah. um, aside from my speaking engagements, doing lacquer yoga. Um, I have created a couple of courses online. That is one of the things as well that I highly recommend everybody do. Take your talents, create a course. And it can be a little course. It doesn't have to be huge. And then tell everybody about them, um, especially right now. <laughs> yeah. And so that was very beneficial. I also taught yoga out of the house. And so I did have people who came and saw me and that was a donation based yoga class. So people would pay what they wanted to. And that ended up actually paying me more than when I was at yoga studios, which was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I was also again, massage therapist. So I had, I was working at a spa. Okay. Okay. So we did have the different variations of work that you were doing to sustain, but you just did that thing that you loved. I mean, but in all those modalities, you're really harnessing your own talents because with massage, I mean, you're healing people. That's the foundational thing that you're doing within all, like you didn't go and become a customer service rep at yeah. I don't know, Apple or something, you know, like you, <laughs> you were in your own lane the whole time. Like I'm nothing wrong with it being that customer service rep at Apple, but you were in your own lane. Yeah. The whole time. So you started the, the studio. How long ago did you start the studio? We've actually been open for three years now. Ah, so for three years, you've been open, you've been teaching people and then covert hits. Yes. And yes. then so what did you do? Like, how, like, did you close straight away? Did you take your time, do socially distanced people first? And then what, what, what happened? We actually, I chose to close immediately only because I saw nobody coming. So we, the moment that I decided we were going to shut our doors and my friend Laura says, this is great. We didn't close. We just shut the space down <laughs> so we still continue to work we pivoted quickly and then i allowed um everybody all of our members i con i contacted immediately and i said this is what we're doing join us on this crazy platform called zoom and we're going to have yoga from our homes and that way they were able to continue their yoga practice it's been beautiful because people who hadn't practiced at all or very little or maybe twice a week are now showing up every single day because all they have to do is roll out of their bed wow. and watch a Zoom meeting. It's amazing. Wow. So, so tell me something, and this is for anyone who's thinking, okay, so when you said start an online course, what would be the difference between coming to do your Zoom classes versus going on something on YouTube and 
YouTubing someone yoga and then following, like what is the difference and how would, why would someone come towards, and I'm asking on behalf of listeners, we're thinking, well, why would I start something with so many, so much already out there? What would you say to that? That is a fabulous question. And I actually have a, a course about that for virtual yoga studio creation. Um, because what happens is, especially if we're already an established yoga studio or yoga teacher, which there's so many people right now who are having to close their businesses due to COVID, especially yoga studios, because we're like gyms and we get together in, in groups. Yeah. And so what I found is they want your members, your students, the people who come to see you want to see you. And so that's why they don't go to YouTube. And I've had a couple of people who've tried it, but they're like, it's not the same. And then also when we meet on Zoom, we have this interaction, which you don't get on YouTube at all. So we have this opportunity. We all log in sometimes probably about 15 minutes before class and we have coffee together and we chat because <laughs> it's a whole experience and we check in with, with each other and we've been talking a lot about hair lately and how it's changing because we're going to see our stylist. You know, there's just so much fun that happens behind the scenes you cannot get with YouTube video. Okay, I love that. Okay, that's fantastic. So now, now that you've got your online courses that teach people uh, and you do the Zoom things, are they, is that a different level of marketing? Because now you can't use Find Me on Google. Like, you, are you getting more people and how are you trying to find these new people? Yeah, so I actually switched it over. Google made it really easy. They said, put in your, code of, your COVID procedures. And so what I did is I changed it and said, we're now virtual and let people know how to get to us. So now it just directs straight to my website, which it's done before. And on the website, it gives clear instruction as to what our hours are for school, for class, for school, <laughs> for classes online. And there are some people who are hesitant to do live virtual classes, and I understand that completely. So I also offer an online um, on-demand yoga platform, which I had created, I had created this three years ago because I really wanted to have my members a place where they can land if they have to go out of town and they can still feel at home practicing with us. Or where I live, we have a lot of hurricanes and we have had a hurricane evacuation every single year. So with that, they had the opportunity to still practice even when the studio was closed because of a hurricane. Wow, yeah. oh my God. What, what part, what state in America are you in? We're in South Carolina. So you have a hurricane evacuation every single, wow. It's seeming like that now. Yeah, it's seeming like that. Oh, far out. Yeah. <laughs> yoga, be calm. This is really hard. Exactly. <laughs> That's why you need yoga there. <laughs> yes. So, so, okay. So now you've gone pivoted online. How are you finding uh, clients for, or, or customers for your online courses? So like for your not for yoga itself, but for your like, uh, like your online course. How are you? Are you doing it differently for that? Marketing differently for that? Yeah, so that I'm actually using Facebook a lot. Um, so I do dabble a little bit in Facebook ads, and I do um, very very minimal cost Facebook ads, as well as talking about it in the groups that I have and marketing it to my email list. You know, gaining email leads through. We can do all sorts of things. You can have a freebie, gaining your emails. Your emails are gold. And so I would say that for any business owner starting out or even if you've been doing it a while, right? It's yeah. emails are what you want. It's not friends or likes on Facebook or any other social media platform for that matter because you can't contact them directly yeah. with, an, with what you're trying to offer. So that's the best platform, definitely. Okay. So Facebook and email marketing is your, your <laughs> best two things. All right. So now... Because uh, you said you said in your thing that you've changed, you've went from close to thriving in two weeks. Does that mean 
you're doing better now than you were when the doors were open to the effervescent yoga spa? Yeah, so in terms of attendance, we are definitely doing better than we did before. Um, just in terms of the amount of time that people are coming to classes, which is great. And it was interesting because right after we closed, that boosted up. Whereas now, I think we're getting into, especially in South Carolina, we have this really weird thing going on where we're trying to reopen and yet we're having high numbers. And so it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. So people are at a, they're basically at a loss. They're, they're confused right now. And so I totally understand. Yeah. So at this moment in time, we're, we're still doing good and we have our members, which we're very grateful for. And so we're able to stay above float. Oh, that makes okay. Yes. Yeah. Is this for you as a business owner, making you rethink your model in business of how you'd want to move forward, like post-COVID, like once everything, God willing, settles down? Mm -hmm. is, is this something that you'd want to do more of, like be doing online yoga classes versus in studio? Like how is this playing out in your mind right now? Yes. Yeah, so I definitely want to get back into the studio. Um, I love that camaraderie and that connectedness, okay. but or I should say, and during this time, we'll practice social distancing and we have the opportunity to have a bigger space. So we're looking at that right now, which will offer us the opportunity to have at least six or seven people in per class. And that's really comfortable for me. Um, I would be able to, to definitely continue on with our membership platform, but then also welcome new people in, which would be our goal. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Okay. So a bigger space. Um, so the, the connection, especially for yoga, I find that the connection piece is really important because I think, I don't know about you, but in yoga, I always like, am I doing the right way? Like, am I standing? Like, am I tilting my head properly? Am I going to like fake myself? So, you know what I mean? Like all those things that go and the instructor will maybe say, point you out and say, no, no, Rita, do this, bend, bend a bit more here and do that. And okay. So are you able to do that online as well? Like tell people to tweak their postures? Yeah, so that's the tricky part is yeah. people have the joy of turning off their video. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great though, because for me, I like to practice with my video off sometimes too, because it gives you that space of personal time with your body, which is so great in my opinion. It's different than when you're in a studio and people are around you and say you want to have an emotional release because I don't know, you you heard your favorite song in in the class. You can't do that when you're in class with everybody. You could, but you'll get a lot of questions, right? Yeah. So um, having that opportunity to have that moment of just an hour by yourself is really, it's really huge in my opinion. Okay. Now, in terms of, uh, there are people who keep their video on. And so what I do is I actually just flow through the motions with them. And then I'm very clear in terms of what we're doing, like down to the, how you feel it in your joint. What are you feeling in your muscle type thing? So yeah, clarity with voice is very key when it comes to teaching online. Okay, okay. So tell me about the benefits that you've gained because you've done it since you were 15. Mm -hmm. Why is yoga, is it because maybe you've become familiar with this start with yoga itself? Is it like what benefits are you reaping day in, yeah. day out, week in, week out, year in, year out with yoga? Yeah, well, perfect time to talk about that is now yeah. <laughs> because of everything going on, right? So it's allowed me, as a teenager, it allowed me to keep kind of a calm, cooler head than I think I might have had as a teenager, um, especially when I was practicing. It also allowed me to make wiser choices about my body, about what to do in life, I feel. And now it's allowing me this opportunity, again, to escape when we're homebound. And so I get to escape into my body just by moving intentionally. 
And then from that afterwards, I literally feel as if I've had a massage or I just feel completely relaxed. Nice. So yoga has been fantastic for both mental and physical um, me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And is there any particular type of yoga that one should practice based on your body or your lifestyle? Or is it just anything goes with like any style is great? That's a great question. I would recommend if anybody's just starting out to look for a gentle beginner class, um, specifically either Hatha based. Vinyasa is a flowy class. So people will move faster with their breath. It links your breath with movement. And typically those are a faster class. So if somebody's pretty athletic and they're looking for um, offering themselves the opportunity to try yoga, that would be a great start too, because they're not going to feel left out, I guess, if the teacher goes too fast. Yeah. In my so, opinion. I've had some people who've said that, like, that oh, class was too fast, so I don't want to do yoga ever again. And I'm like, no, no, try something else. Okay, okay. So vinyasa is the flow, it goes a bit fast, and the hatha is more slow paced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. More detail oriented to the poses. Oh, so you'd recommend the hatha poses for anyone that's starting out? Yeah. Um, what's Bikram yoga? Is that hatha or vinyasa? That's vinyasa and it's hot. Yes. You don't yes. like it? You don't like Bikram yoga? Oh, I've never tried it. I've never oh, tried it personally. Okay. It's just 105 degrees. I live in a place where it gets about that every day. So I just go outside. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I live in Canberra, so it's cold, like minus degrees right now. So yeah, oh. okay. <laughs> different spectrums. I love that. <laughs> so um, we've talked about your marketing. Now, oh, this is a question I ask all my guests, Brittany. How much time do you spend, um, and I'm talking now overall but since the pivot, um, teaching yoga, doing that thing that you love versus creating courses and marketing? Like, are you talking, we're talking 50-50 time spent, 80-20, like what is the, because a lot of the times, when you're starting a business, there's more work to be done to get the word out there and show people what's happening versus actually doing the actual thing you love. So right. what's your, how do you spend your time? That is so true. So in the beginning, I was definitely about 70% um, more doing the yoga because I was the only one on the schedule. Yeah. And, and then the rest of the time was doing the behind the scenes of the business. Whereas now when I finally, I've collaborated with teachers who are awesome, so they come on. I teach a total of four classes a week right now. And then I am picking back up in massage, which is great too, because that's also one of my loves. And um, so now I would say it's about almost 50-50. 50-50, okay. Mm -hmm. But that's really interesting. It's not, no one has ever said to me that I do, oh, it's about 80% of my time I'm doing that thing and only 20. It's always that level of that balance between how much time you do the thing that you love versus getting the word out there so other people know and actually jump on board and work with you. Yeah. What I'd like to know is the monetization model is obviously people pay you for, for a yoga studio. It's obviously people paying you to come and join you on classes. It's uh, paying for the classes that you teach in terms of online classes. Is there any other monetization model that you're using at the moment in your business? Yeah, so we offer, um, again, a membership program, but we do have this special membership that offers unlimited yoga and a one, one hour massage a month because, wow. so that is a very special, special yeah. membership. Yeah. And I offer a limited amount of those. So it's like, once they let it go, it's gone, okay. I think. So I've been really grateful to have so many people who are dedicated to their membership and to their self-care because really that's what it is is they get the massage a month 
on top of doing the yoga. And that is so beneficial for our overall well-being. So is that a membership like as in uh, they pay per month, every month to yeah. be in that membership? I love that. That's so brilliant. Yeah. That is so smart. <laughs> that is really, really, because, oh my goodness, you need to teach you how to put on a yoga studio. <laughs> like, like, do you do that? Do you teach the course on how to run on a yoga studio and make it profitable? I Thank you for the idea. <laughs> But the yoga studios that are here, they just do, okay, you might have a membership of three months, but it's just a few, a package of how many yoga classes you can do, or it's a casual visit, but there's nothing like a package where you're paying per year and then you get the perk of something Mm -hmm. like a massage because you need that in your body anyway. And it's just such a, such a great give that I just think it's, it's a brilliant, I, I mean, I would jump on that if I was like in South Carolina. I'd literally, because I just think it's like, I don't have to talk myself into earning a massage because do I deserve it? Do I not? You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, right. we debate that. Like, you know, do I really need it? No, I do need it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm and another thing too, it's like, I already paid for it. So I need it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It goes in there. I think that that's just genius. That's a genius. Mm-hmm. Thing. Is there anything that you would say to someone who's starting, a, wanting to start a brick and mortar? Um, and I probably, they're just, because I know once things settle, people have to go back into their businesses that are brick and mortar. Is there anything, any advice that you would give on how to, I guess, boost their level of sales, boost their level of uh, just awareness of what they're doing so that they can just get business back and running? Or do you think that they should pivot and do something, take whatever it is and put it online and how so? That's a great question. I think, especially in the time that we are in right now, um, going back into the business, depending on what our business is, of course, mm-hmm. it is for some of us, at least for myself, in terms of the spa part, it's easy. In terms of the yoga part, it's yeah. a little bit tricky. And so by saying that in my original space, I can only fit four mats with social distancing. And then we would need to clean right afterwards constantly. Whereas right now with massage, I'm taking one person a day so that allows me the opportunity to still obviously clean all the time, um, but it allows me the opportunity to have the time to clean, whereas I'm not back to back with classes. And so doing the digital is very beneficial right now. And then of course, courses are a really great opportunity just to hone in on your, what it is that you love to teach. And then once it's created, it's evergreen. You can have that constantly selling. So it's kind of just it's like an affiliate marketing. You have this constantly having this thing that will be able to sell itself as long as you talk about it. That's yeah. really all you have to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when you say talk about it, is that what you're doing online? Is that you're promoting? Is it through content marketing that you're getting the word out about your courses? Or is there some other way that you're posting about them? Yeah. No, I, I post about it on my business pages on Facebook. So constantly just chatting about it. Um, and then again, in the email marketing, talking about it, but in ways of storytelling. So it seems like, well, I mean, I love it. I think I have one course that I'm promoting right now called Meditation for Real People. And so it helps people meditate. And it's a super inexpensive course that allows them six different styles of meditation to be able to gain the one that they love to do, especially during this time. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Really nice. Wow. How long does it take you to make a course or create a course? So for myself, this one, um, it took me probably about four hours, and that included the Zoom meeting with the people I had in my beta test. So your beta test is where you offer the opportunity for people to learn from you at a lower rate than what you're going to charge it for original, or you know, after the fact it's made. And then I went into my platform and 
just uploaded the, the videos. Okay, mm -hmm. fantastic. All right, wonderful. Now, where can people go to if they want to be able to join you online, get access to your courses? What website can we go to? Yes, EffervescenceYogaSpa.com is a perfect location. Um, I have all of the things there. <laughs> and then finding me on Facebook as well, Effervescence Yoga Spa, yes. as well as Brittany Hiller. I'm beautiful. on there as Brittany Hiller as well. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And my last question to you is, and this is all about yoga, because it's just about getting in there. When I do yoga, my mind goes into monkey monkey mind and I start thinking about the day and oh my god that person said that to me and, <laughs> and why didn't I say that back you know I just go into stupidity how do you calm the monkey mind and just get into your like I know you've been doing it for a long time so I know it's probably a lot easier for you but for those of us who are like trying to calm down and just 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 get rid of all that how do we just go into our into our body and stop thinking Mm -hmm. That's the million dollar question. So when you when you find out, let me know. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. But really, for myself and what I what I share with students all the time is just connect back to your breath, right? So our breath is constant; it's always going. And so in yoga, we practice an ujjayi breath, which is more of a sound based breath. So you can hear it. I I say it's like Darth Vader from Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's a little throaty. But we do less of the and more of the, you know, just relaxing it. Yeah. But once you're there and in tune with your breath, then you'll notice yourself go into the monkey mind, and then you won't beat yourself up anymore. You'll just say, "Oh, breath. Let me read. Let me go to my breath." Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah. So when your mind goes off, you just tell you, or even just tell yourself, breathe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Get back into there, and then it goes back again. Then you just say, breathe. Exactly. It, and you're like, okay, all right, I can do that. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. I can do. It's like she says now, <laughs> just get me back in the post. <laughs> Brittany, I just want to say thank you so much on that. I want to leave it at that because that's what we're doing in this time is just to just breathe. And by helping us do that with yoga, by helping us show what you've done to pivot and use online courses and use online platforms to continue your business thank you very much for sharing the, the transparency behind that and giving us a platform to look through in a lens so thank you thank you rita this was fabulous thank you beautiful thank you guys for listening to the unboxing gift podcast we'll catch you on the very next episode god bless